trade, the basic system of barter and exchange that you have to do really carefully or you'll end up with Dwight Howard. Seriously, parents, talk to your children about trade. You don't want them going to school with pizza lunchables and coming home with Dwight Howard. You think think he's going to add a three-point shot to his game now, kid? Grow up. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kitchell from NBA Jam. Boom, shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. As we continue our team previews, it is time to go to the nation's capital, see the Lincoln Memorial, see everything important about the wonderful place of Washington, D.C., and talk the Wizards. I'm Tim Daniel. I'm really excited for this episode. It's the first time we've got a Wizards guy on when we've been doing our team previews in the summers. Joining us from the Bullets Basket blog, you can also check them out as Bullets Forever, as was, which is like the coolest name ever. I love it. Um, Mr. Alan Jenkins. Alan, welcome to 48 Minutes. How are you, sir? I'm I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. Glad we could do this. For sure. I'm so happy to have you. So if you hear some honking, some screaming, some stuff in the background, don't worry. Alan lives in Manhattan, so yeah, he nobody, is. Um, nobody's getting hurt. Nobody. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. No one's getting hurt. It's just you can't help if you haven't been to New York. You don't know. <laughs> if you have been, you totally understand. So. Alan, um, I'm really excited to have you on the show and to talk about the Wizards. Obviously, they've had a very interesting off season. Um, tell us a little bit about you, um, your blog work, your if you do any podcast work, wherever you write, whatever you have your media stuff up. Uh, just give us a little bit of info about yourself. Yeah, so uh, I write for SB Nation's Bullets Forever. Um, I also I also have my own podcast, which is the Bullets Basket Blog Podcast. Um, all most of my stuff, mo- all of my stuff is there. You can find me on Twitter at ajanks24, and um, I write about the Wizards, a lot about the Wizards, and yeah. So, let's let's just get right into the Wizards, because they are, what's the right word to put the Wizards? They're they interesting, yes, look at with that, yeah. So... Last year, the Wizards make the playoffs. Uh, they played Toronto in the first round. Obviously, things don't go their way. Very well could have, though, honestly, for a couple of those games. Um, obviously, the Wizards have a great backcourt and Wall and Beal. And John Wall is fantastic. I love him as a talent. Um, but, you know, and they got some other guys to look to. The Otto Porters, the, you know, the um, Kelly Oubre's. But Marcin Gortat, who is no longer a Wizard for obvious reasons... Um, at least on our end, you can probably tell me more than I know, is um, really, really it seems to be happy to not be there anymore because he doesn't have to be around John Wall. So you, you mentioned that they're a headache, and I'm a Bulls fan. I know all about team headaches. So tell us a little bit about the headache that was the 2017-18 Washington Wizards. It, um, gosh, I actually, actually wrote about this. It's kind of the best way to describe it is um, – you know, in school, you have like a the kid who is just kind of cracking jokes the entire time, is just loud and annoying. He'll fail his tests. He won't participate in group projects. But at the end of the day, if he fails the class or gets a D, it's not his fault. It's the teacher's fault. 
or the professor's fault, whatever. Like, that's what the Wizards are. They, or that's what they were last year. Nothing, you know, they had the same bites after every every single game. Every single game, you know, they would play either down to their opponent or up to their opponent. The team was bipolar in that in that sense. They lost, uh, I believe, over 15 games to sub-500 teams. Teams like the Mavericks, uh, the Hawks, uh, the Magic, you name it. But uh, they showed up for the big-time games. So it was really... It was fun to watch at times, but it was also really frustrating because they fell to the eight seed, even though John Wall missed half the season, and uh, they really could have had a higher seed and potentially got, gotten past the first round. But instead, um, they they were bounced. They were bounced early by the Raptors. Yeah, and you know, obviously, we all know what happened to the Raptors in the next thing uh, situation. There, some LeBron guys seem to take over. Um, yeah, yeah, it he, seems to happen pretty often. Yeah, he's 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 pretty decent this basketball thing. I don't I don't know what it is, but he just seems to really be pretty good at it. Um, all joking aside, so it's it's you know Gortat was in the wall thing was kind of going through the media, and I'm sure like we do here in the media, it was probably a little blown out of proportion. Uh, but then again, maybe not because there's a reason Gortat's not on the team anymore. You know, whether it be his age or the club the the locker room just needed some new air. Um, so with the trade of Marcin Gortat, you bring in Austin Rivers, which the shock of the world was Doc Rivers traded his son. Um, how's he going to give him 38 minutes now? I don't know. But um, what was your reaction to the trade uh, when everything happened there? So you could see the writing on the wall midway through the season. Um, when Wall played, you know, he missed half the season, so uh, missed 41 games, obviously. But when he played, him and Gortat, they were either everything was clicking perfectly, or that you could see the frustration between the two. And um, with Gortat, he, you know, he was clearly p- past his prime last year, um, but he still, you know, he still has pride, and like all these NBA NBA guys do. And with a traditional back to the back back to the basket center. Um, if he wasn't, you know, setting a, t- setting a hard screen and rolling to the hoop or crashing the boards, he wasn't getting the ball. So he wasn't getting the ball in the post. And, and when his touches went down, his uh, attitude went down too. So that's kind of why the wall and Gortat thing bubbled. Um, now, as far as the trade, I think uh, it's a good trade for Washington. I don't think it's a great trade. Uh, what they did, they essentially just swapped uh, contracts. Gortat and Rivers are making about the same amount of money. Both are in a contract year. The only difference is obviously Austin Rivers is a guard. Morchin Gortat is not. And um, it's it's a prove-it year for Rivers. You know, he uh, he has been playing in the Clippers on the Clippers for the past few years. Obviously, his dad, the coach, and the GM. So a lot of people thought he might have been out of the league if that wasn't the case. And now he has one year to, with the Wizards to prove that uh, he belongs and potentially get himself uh, a nice deal either in Washington or somewhere else after after this year. Yeah, I think um, I'm with you. I think what I like about it is it seems like the Wizards had a focus this offseason, and correct me if I'm wrong, with really building depth behind guys like Wall and Beal. Um, obviously, Jody Meeks is ret- retained. 
And then you bring, you know, you have guys like Troy Brown that you draft in the first round, which I like that value at 15, honestly. I think that was a really good value for him. You go get Austin Rivers. Um, Issa Sanon, uh, the 44th pick, 44th pick overall, we don't really know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, whether he be a G League guy like most second rounders are, if it's a guy the Wizards plan, that Scott Brooks plan to have in his rotation. Um, but what do you think about the fact that they kind of made an effort to kind of build some depth? I know obviously there's Jeff Green and Thomas Bryant, and a guy we're definitely going to get to in this conversation. But uh, as far as like everything they did there, what, what were your thoughts about it all? You know, I liked it, but it, it, everything just felt a year behind. Um, you know, last year specifically towards the end of the season and really in the playoffs. The Wizards were just a twisted ankle away uh, at the small forward position from being in big trouble. And sure enough, in the playoffs, Otto Porter hurt his hip, hurt his leg, had to miss the game. That's game six. That's when the Wizards got bounced. And um, he was playing hobbled the entire season. But it's just, I like what happened. It's just, it was just a little bit frustrating because everything happened a year late. You know, it was clear that the NBA was turning into this league where you could never have enough, um, you excuse me, you could never have enough wings, you could never have enough, you know, guards between 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and the Wizards really didn't address that until this summer, kind of because uh, they had to. So I guess um, it is it is refreshing in that sense. It's just, it just felt uh, kind of like a desperation move and, and really just a year too late. Let's talk a little bit about Wall. Um, obviously, you know, a great talent. Um, I know everyone probably thinks I hate Kyrie Irving because I talked about how Kemba Walker and John Wall are not far off in the skill levels. Obviously, John Wall's a much better defender than either of those aforementioned. But, um, you know, obviously, he's, you know, he had an interesting year last year. Um, he went back to Adidas, which, you know, that's not cool. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, he's, gonna, he's going into. He's got a little bit of a trade kicker on him, obviously, and then he is going into the last year of his $19 million, uh, $19 million contract this year. So how important is it for Wall and for the Wizards to really have a good year this year? Because is this something where if forever it seemed like John Wall wanted to be there, and like you know, I still believe that's the case that he probably does still want to be a Wizard for a long time, but is it something where you feel like they've got to win before he might try to look elsewhere? Well, he... Uh... He he signed a he signed a supermax in the summer of 2017. So he's after this year he signed a supermax for around it's uh, four years 160 million. Oh, that's in, right. Yeah. In that ballpark, so he he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But just to kind of just to kind of build off what you said, I think it's more along the lines of the Wizards need to put talent around him. And um, outside of a failed attempt swinging for the fences with Kevin Durant, they haven't really they haven't really made that home run swing. You know, some people thought Boogie was going to come to DC. I never really thought that was a possibility. I never really thought it was going to happen. It was just kind of like, okay, whatever. They're friends. Sure, it's a good story. But I think the real thing is, um, you know, Wall. He just had his twenty eighth birthday which means he's not old, but he's not young either anymore. And he's about to enter his ninth season, and all of a sudden, you know, he's if he's going to make a deep run in the playoffs, if he's going to continue to build on his legacy, he needs more around him. And um, 
you know, he's not. I don't think he's going to leave Washington. It's going to be hard to trade that contract once it kicks in. But at the same time, it does kind of feel like the clock is is, is starting to tick. And you know, you mentioned obviously the you know you can't talk about John Wall without mentioning Bradley Beal, and he also has has signed a deal, and he's a guy that's a great talent. I I love Bradley Beal. I don't understand why it seems like, and maybe you know, I don't when you t- people talk about great shooting guards in the league. For some reason, his name doesn't come up till they've named like six or seven guys before him. And I don't necessarily think that's fair to him because I think he's a really talented guy. Another guy you've got for another two, three years under 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 um, under contract. You know, what, what do you expect to see from Beal? Is you know, kind of also kind of a little a few years younger than Wall. About to be this is year twenty five here. Um, what do you want to see from Beal this year as far as what he does to kind of take that next step to really potentially be in that NBA not maybe superstar level? Am I reaching here? He was an All Star last year, and ironically enough, I think he was better in the 2016-2017 than he was last year, not to take anything away from him, because he did have a very good season last year. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, he, for some reason, he does not pop into people's heads when you talk about top shooting guards in the league. And then you have a guy like Victor Oladipo in Indiana who, um, you know, he bursted onto the scene last year and now, all of a sudden, after one year, everybody thinks Oladipo's better than Beal. Now, there's still a lot of time to determine if that's the case or not, but I think if you ask most people around the league, most people would say that Oladipo is ahead of Beal on that totem pole. For me, with Beal, what it comes down to is... Um, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he's only... He's only in, an okay three-point shooter, you know, for right. a guy, for a guy like him, you would you would think that his three-point shooting would be a little bit better. Um, you know, he is shooting the ball at thirty-seven. He shot a thirty-seven and a half percent last year, but you know, for a guy who who came into this league as a knockdown shooter and really wanted to establish that, you know, it would be nice to see that up up around forty percent. The other thing with Beal is, um, which is also a really weird stat and weird weird shooting quirk that I don't understand and unless you watch the Wizards you you probably don't understand it either he's not that good of a free throw shooter no. um, he only shot 79% from the free throw line last year he's only eclipsed 80% once in his career which is also weird for a guy who named, who is you know wants to be a knockdown shooter in this league so he He's worked on every other part of his game, adding, um, you know, being able to create off the bounce. Uh, His assist numbers are up, but now it's kind of back to the fundamentals, like knock down your free throws and then get that three-point shooting percentage up. That's what I'm going to be looking for this year. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm looking for him to take that next step, too, because you're right. He's not exactly Clay Thompson out there knocking threes down at every step of the way, but um, he's a really talented guy, and, you know, I still believe Washington, especially in a LeBronless Eastern Conference, with that those two guys as your starting backcourt, I, th- I really think can be good. I think they can make a move in the Eastern Conference. I think, you know, I really think they have a case to be. If you kind of look at it now, what Philly, Toronto, and Boston probably the top three. I don't see a reason why Washington can't be the four or the five in the East going into this year. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, if things click, if things click, then I agree with you. Uh, because the Wizards do have the talent. Their starting five is going to be as good as 
anybody in the Eastern Conference starting five, maybe outside of Boston or Philly. But, you know, with Toronto, if Kawhi Leonard plays at an all-star level, then, you know, that's a different story. But if he's, you know, the guy from last year who had a hurt hamstring and things don't work out in Toronto, all of a sudden they're not as scary. But, yeah, I agree. You know, the Wizards, they have... They have a good starting five. The issue, the issue with them over the past few years has been their depth. And like you mentioned earlier, they addressed that this offseason. And if things click, which is a very big if, um, because there's a lot of egos in the locker room now, including you don't Dwight say. Howard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 don't mention his name yet, Al. We're getting there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, if things click and – and wall and you know the team did get bit hard by the injury bug last year there's no way to avoid that this year or or or, or avoid it it just kind of it is what it is but if they can stay healthy and if things click there's no we- reason why the wizards can't um you know contend for that for that four or five seed yeah i think that the talent's obviously there um like we mentioned a bit so alan i kind of want to bring up one of the downfalls in the wizard zone kind of get your thoughts on and not dwight howard yet that's like i said i'm building i'm building i'm building the dwight so i do want to talk about jan mahinmi though um obviously a big contract in the bloated uh season uh salary season that was that rough couple years in the cap uh he's played a total of 108 games since he came to washington obviously hasn't had any starts but he's a guy that's, you know, averaged for 15 mil a year, he's averaged about five points a game, four and a half rebounds, hasn't shot well. I mean, his free throw percentage last year was better than it's been his whole career, just about, besides uh, at the beginning, that looks like the second or third year in his career. But, you know, he's been, would you say, rough since he signed that deal? Yeah, it, it it hasn't been pretty since since he signed. Um, he's actually injured for for most of uh, not last season but the year before. Right. So that made it even more even more painful. But yeah, Mahimi, um, he does. You know, I'll give him this. He does have his moments where he has a couple blocks. He's he does look like a rim protector that the Wizards have yearned for for so many years. But then offensively, he's inept. You know, unless he's dunking the ball, he is not scoring. And he, he does these moves that, you know, just scratch, you just scratch your head. You, you don't know what it is. On defense, even though he is a seven-footer, you would think he would be more of a defensive presence. I don't think anybody fears, fears him when they're attacking the hole. Um, yeah, it hasn't been pretty, and uh, fortunately, though, that that contract is half over, and uh, we're, uh, we're we're almost we we can almost see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I was looking at their contract situation on Spot Track, and for 2019-2020, I mean, they're sitting pretty, even with the Wall and Beal contracts. You know, they're still in pretty good situations there. So, you know, let's say he has another downtrodden year where he struggles a little bit. He's still kind of in that five-four range. Could you see a stretch or a buyout situation? Yeah, I think um, I think a stretch or a trade is actually more likely, just because uh, the Wizards they're going to be over the cap um, to start next year with I believe it's either six or seven players on the roster, including Mahimi, and a guy who's making he's going to make sixteen million um, this year and the year after next and. 
you know, if he doesn't make a huge jump, which there's, you know, no real evidence to believe that he will, then he's either going he's going to be on the trade block and the Wizards are going to have to either attach a first round pick or maybe um, an even nicer asset like a Ubre or Sadaransky to move him or I yeah, I see them I see them stretching him after this year. But um yeah, unfortunately for Mahimi, he's going to get his money. But as far as basketball goes, I don't, I don't think it ends too well uh, with the Wizards. You mentioned uh, Thomas Sadoransky, and that's a guy that <clears throat> if you pick him up in your like fantasy basketball league, and it's a guy that everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course he was on the waiver wire. I don't know who he is. He'll win you your league. Like He did that for my buddy this year, Alex, that used to work with us. He picked up Sadoransky with like seven weeks ago. And <clears throat> Sadoransky just went nuts for him. Like, it, just, it was a stat filler, was hitting baskets, and it was like, oh, shit, I should have got that guy. Yeah, it's, he, you know, he actually didn't even get playing time until he was forced to. Uh, he, backed up, he backed up Tim Frazier originally because when Wall went down, went down with yeah. his first injury um, back in, I, it was November of last year, Tim Frazier was the starter, wasn't super effective. And then, kind of by default, Scott Brooks said, "Okay, we have to we have to play this guy." And that's when he had that that six seven week stretch where he played he played very well. So you know, let's kind of go to the wings a little bit. Um, obviously, we talked about Otto Porter, who has been you know getting better and better. Um, going into this year, is the highest paid player on the team before the Wall uh, Supermax kicks in. Um, we talked about all, you know guys like um, Kelly Oubre, and then you know, but the the additions being Jeff Green, who was a part of the Cavs last year, who really helped them win Game Seven against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals to go along with LeBron, and then you draft um, Troy Brown Jr. from Oregon, who I loved a lot at Oregon. So when you look at this small forward depth, it's it's really good actually. It's a solid group there with those with the four aforementioned names. Um, what, what do you expect to see from this group here? You know, do you see Brown being a contributor this year? Do you see Jeff Green just being that veteran leader and that really good teammate he's known to be? Um, and kind of seeing more of it being a Porter Ubre uh, position situation. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I don't think Troy Brown's going to get a ton of minutes because now it is kind of congested at the small forward position, assuming that both Porter and Ubre stay healthy. Uh, it's going to be hard for Troy Brown to, to to crack those minutes, but as far as Jeff Green, he's clearly the backup power forward b- behind Marquise Morris, and you know, uh, obviously, there's a lot to be uh, experimented with. If the Wizards do choose to go small, he, Jeff Green might even play a little bit of center. You know, it's not too far fetched, or maybe him and, and Morris at the same time. But it's clear that that Jeff Green is going to be in the rotation. As far as his production, uh, like you said, he he he's also he kind of fits the Wizards well because he he shows up for the big games like Game Seven against against the Celtics, like you said uh, last year. But like at the same time, he's also super frustrating. He has all the, <laughs> yes. he has all the tools to be a super. It feels like he has all the tool, tools to be a superstar, uh, or really just be a really above average starter in this league. But it just there's no consistency there and that's where you kind of scratch your head with him but at the same time um for for the Wizards I do think this is a good pickup and he too just signed a one-year deal so he's on a he's on a prove-it deal and um 
I think this is this is actually one of the better moves that the Wizards made this off season. Yeah, and you mentioned Markeith, who I, I like a lot. I think uh, is a really good player, and not as annoying as his brother Marcus when you watch basketball games. So I'm all for that. Um, I like Markeith's skill a lot, and he's a guy that the Wizards you can really see have kind of built around for the future. I do really hate when they go to each other's games. Him and Marcus, and they wear the other's jersey in the stands. They, 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 they look, they're identical twins. They identical. Yeah, you're like, okay, like, the theory, obviously we have all heard the theory that they've switched out and played games for each other, and sometimes I believe it. I'm not going to lie to you. Apparently, appar- and, and once, somebody, once somebody told me about this, I, 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 I kind of realized it. So if you look at Marcus Morris, his cheeks are a little chubbier than, than Markeith's. Oh, so so I I had no idea between the, like between the two before somebody told me that, and then once I noticed that, I said, "Oh, okay." Now <laughs> I can because apparently that you know they look the same. They, they they have the same tattoos. They're they're identical. They're born what like two minutes apart. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm sure that was I'm tough in Phoenix when they played together. I'm sure that was a little bit of a weird situation to try to see who you were talking to. Yeah, and I think their numbers were just one. Like one of them wore thirteen, yeah. the other one wore fourteen. So it's something like, like that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you gotta. Yeah, it, I could see how people got confused. Yeah. So Alan, we've been hinting at it and hinting at it and hinting at it. Let's talk Dwight Howard. Let's 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 discuss the craziness that is Dwight Howard now. I, we did an episode last year where I talked about Dwight Howard might have one of the three most interesting careers in NBA history. Because if you look at his resume, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, for about a six-year stretch there, he was the best center in the NBA. Um, even that year in the Lakers, as much of it was a disaster, he still had a really, really good year. So then the Houston thing comes around, and he's pretty rough in Houston at times. He's also really good in Houston at times. Um, and then, obviously, from the Houston goes to Atlanta, where he goes, I'm coming home. Everyone from the Hawks says they didn't like him. He gets moved. He goes to Charlotte, and he has, like, he looks like old Dwight at times. He has a 30-rebound game. He's, you know, putting up, like, like getting, like, around the basket in the rim and talks about. And I'm like, okay, this is Dwight again. And then you find out the Hornets didn't like him. So now he goes to Brooklyn, and I talked to Anthony Puccio from Nets Daily, and he was actually saying he was nervous he had to cover Dwight Howard this year, and then the buyout happens. So this leads to Dwight Howard now going to Washington, where we've now heard of him wrecking every locker room he's been in, um, having a slight poisonous tendency, but the talent level is still there at times. There's still things he can do that old that young Dwight could do, and I don't know, man. Like I'm trying to talk myself out of it because he's just a terrible teammate, but for some reason the skill level, I think Dwight might not suck in Washington. It all comes down to can he curb his ego? And, you know, in, in Charlotte, in Atlanta, it was, cl- it was clear that he was upset. He wasn't getting the – you know, just like Gortat, he, he, he wasn't getting the ball. He wasn't getting plays run for him. He wasn't getting the ball on the block. So when he did get the ball, he shot it every single time he had it because he didn't know when he was going to get it next. And – you know that's that's why things went sour for him. And you know, in the press conference, he said that that's not a big deal to him. He just wants to fit in, play his part, whatever the team needs. You know, he said all the right things, 
but you know until we see it we're like it's really hard to believe we're talking about a guy who's been on four teams in the past four years if you count Brooklyn um and you know teams haven't they've essentially celebrated whenever he's left town so it's not it's not like he's been missed but like you said the talent's there he had a 30-30 game last year you know now he's playing with with John Wall so really all he has to do is just run the court and catch lobs and if he's into that then he'll be he'll be great and he's got he's got to play defense as well but i mean this is probably the best point guard he's he's played with and the same thing with John Wall this is probably the best center he's played with so on paper and you know just kind of thinking about all this you know you kind of trick yourself into okay this could really work out and maybe he is serious maybe he he does need it he is serious about changing his game to stay in the league longer but at the same time it's just really really hard to believe until we see it until we see it happen on the court it it's it's so tricky because you know i'm such a sucker for a nostalgic play and when people were making fun of him for saying he's trying to become a mold of Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant, my reaction really was, what do you expect him to say? He, you know, he's trying to kind of evolve his game to be a part of the modern NBA. Right. I think, you know, and like, I, there should be nothing wrong with that. I think that that's an okay thing to do. I think that, especially a guy that has the skill level he has, um, you know, I, I, I'm totally okay with him saying those things and really trying to change his game up. Yeah, I mean, it's what's he supposed to say that he wants to be, right. you know, a, a, a back to like, a traditional back to the back center? Like, no, he's going to be out of the league, and like, you know, I think it's just Twitter taking taking a person's words too far. But um, yeah, it, it's at the same time though, if he's shooting threes like to open the season, you know, I, that's not that's not what that's not what we're looking for either. So it's got it's got to be a happy it's got to be a, you know, mix between the two. Um I don't think he needs to be taking jumpers, you know, doing his damage around the hole is fine. And uh I think for him though, if he really wants to establish himself, if he really wants to get another big deal, he's got to lock in defensively and he's got to be the Dwight from Orlando that was getting two or three blocks a game, pulling down 15 rebounds, 15, 20 rebounds on any given night. If if he's serious about, you know, what he's saying, then that, it will happen on the defensive end first, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm really not buying the three-point thing still because, like, we've been hearing that since Los Angeles. Right. Um, but if Dwight Howard did learn to shoot threes... I'd be kind of scared, honestly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to guard him on the prote- on the perimeter. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's it's a uh, you just you just painted a, a weird, really weird picture in my yes. mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, t- I I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about yeah. it until you know. And then to be honest, the first time he shoots a three, he's probably going to get yanked out of the game. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy too much into that. It's probably. It's probably just Dwight being Dwight. You know, wanting to have a good time. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And you know, the Wizards. The Wizards have a pretty tough schedule actually to start the season. So, which I'm kind of excited about, just because we're going to see. They might get their first taste of adversity before the month of October is even over. So 
you know they start they start the season at home against Miami at, at home against Toronto but then they're all they go out west at Portland at Golden State um, Sacramento LA Memphis so you know towards the end of that road trip things kind of soften up but it's not far-fetched to think that they could start 0-4 with Miami, Toronto, Portland, Golden State to open the season. So we'll see, you know, if the Wizards are losing and Dwight isn't getting his touches, we'll see We'll see how he reacts. But, um, man, it's it's possible there's going to be a lot of, a lot of rumblings uh, right from the get-go. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule now, and it's interesting they have a West Coast road trip that early without playing the Lakers, and then... They don't see the Lakers till the middle of December, right before Christmas, at home. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. I guess they have a, they must have another West Coast trip then, right? I th- yeah, at the at the end of March, the end of March. Yeah, okay, I'm there now. So I don't know, man. You might want to watch that March 20th game at the United Center. I hear this Bulls team is going to make some noise. They're not. They're not. I'm actually. I think the Bulls could be okay. I, I think they'll be okay. I just am not at the point where... I don't know, man. That eight, that eight seed in the East, in a LeBron-less Eastern Conference, it's it's tricky. It's, well... I think the East is going to be pretty pretty awful this year. Oh, very like, much. So much so that I I would not... There's definitely going to be one team that's under 500 that makes the playoffs. I would not be surprised if there were two teams under 500 that make the playoffs. And, you know, outside of the top tier, you have the Wizards, the Bucks, the Heat, the Pacers. They're all kind of jumbled in there. Yeah, I'd say they're in. After that, I mean, the Pistons, if you think, you know, they seem like the next team, a team that that could take the next step. The Hornets are there, but at the same time, is Kemba Walker going to be Kemba Walker going to be traded by by the time the playoffs start? Who knows? And um, another playoff spot opens up because the Cavs are, all, in all likelihood, just going to fall be out bad. of the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And you know it's not going to be Atlanta. You know it, it, it might. It's probably not going to be Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn, not the Knicks, not, not Orlando. That leaves, yeah, Chicago. That's. I don't think you know. If the I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to rip off 45 wins. Right. But, not know, by any means. No. If we're talking what thirty-five or so, maybe thirty-seven. I think thirty. <clears throat> I pick thirty-five. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough to get you in. Thirty-seven, thirty-eight might be enough to get the eight seed. Yeah, that's true. That'd be interesting. Let's talk about Scotty Brooks a little bit here. Um, obviously, a guy who's been in the league for a while as a player and a coach. He coached a really good OKC team to the NBA Finals. Obviously, it did not go their way. Uh, I think Washington really kind of expected that he would kind of be able to do a lot of the same things. And the good thing about Scott Brooks is he knows how to handle a talented roster, and there's certainly talent on this team. Um, But what what do you want to see more of from Scott Brooks this year? Is he's going to what his third season now as the Wizards head coach? His third year. um, To be honest, creativity, and you know, not you know, some of it's not his fault, obviously, just because the roster management has been pretty poor the past couple of years. So well, longer than the past couple of years, he's only been here the past two. But um, you know, he hasn't really had had a lot of pieces off the bench to to toy with, and as a result, his rotations are not very creative at all. Also, the Wizards sometimes get stuck in this iso ball, which um, 
you know a lot of people know back back in his OKC days with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, obviously. You know, this time it's just John Walls isolating. Then, okay, Bradley Beal, it's your turn to isolate. And there's no real offense being run. So I think just more creativity with um, his lineups. A little bit too often he goes to an all-bench lineup. An all-bench lineup is okay if you have a deep bench, like, you know, the Raptors do, um, Celtics do, other teams like that. But the Wizards just haven't had a deep bench under him, Although, and he just continues to go to that lineup. So really just doing a better job sprinkling in starters with these bench guys and um, some more creativity on the offensive end because there's a lot of sets where it looks like the other team knows exactly what the Wizards are going to do. And, um, yeah, and, to, and another thing which you know I want to touch upon, uh, I don't think he would get fired, but his seat should be heating up. You know, this is... This is the second year. Um, obviously, in his first year, the Wizards, game seven against the Celtics, one game away against the conference finals. Last year last year was a mess. Get bounced in the first round. The Wizards get bounced in the first round. It, it's, it's, not, um, it's likely there's going to be pressure on him. And, you know, he does have a big contract, so people are expecting big results. And if it doesn't happen this year with his – with the deepest roster that he's had in his three years in Washington, then people are really going to start to wonder if he if he's the guy. So, Alan, one of the things we do on each and every episode we do with our team previews is we ask for... No whoa, on the my phone. All right, cool. Good stuff. Um, <laughs> special cameo appearance by Siri there on 48 Minutes to Washington Wizards team preview. Um, <clears throat> we ask for a bold prediction from everybody to kind of say, you know... Something you know, many people may may not be expecting for the team, whether it be you think John Wall's going to be third in MVP voting, or you know Dwight Howard's going to be all defense, just something crazy and nuts. What is your Washington Wizards bull prediction this year? So it's kind of, I guess, two. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Sure. I'm going to say the Wizards are even are either going to click, everything's going to click, and they're going to get get a top four seed maybe even a top three seed or this thing is going to implode and there are going to be multiple trades happen prior to the deadline maybe auto porter uh it's going to be kind of hard to move dwight howard although they might have to attach picks to him i'm going to say that the wizards either finish in the three or four spot or miss the playoffs altogether okay i think uh i have them right now as my four in the East, so I, 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 I definitely, but I definitely see both sides of it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, just these past few years, the egos have gotten bigger. They become more, more entitled, and the, but the results haven't come. And then mixing Dwight Howard doesn't seem like the the best way to to fix that. What? Yeah, who, really? who would have thought? No way, not Dwight Howard. So oh, yeah, that, that's our <laughs> prediction. Top top three, top four, or or no playoffs, or lottery. And, I like it. And the team implodes, and and Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, John Wall, one of them are not in DC. Come uh, the trade deadline. Well, I'm just saying, John Wall's clutch sports athlete. You know those guys like to play in Los Angeles. Yes, yes, I do. And if anyone has money for John Wall's contract, along with LeBron James, you know. Yeah, they're, and they're going to have the space next year, so... Yeah. 
that's gonna be interesting. I'm really looking forward to the to this. I'm so excited for this season to come. It's 2K comes out here in a matter of like an hour, and so I'm just dying for it. So mm-hmm. basketball just needs to be here. Um, but obviously this will probably air because we're you know we'll probably air in a couple weeks um, and we'll get everything up and going. But I do want to ask you. Obviously, there's another Washington team doing really well right now, and they have one of the top three WNBA players in the world right now in Eladon and Deldon. That is the Washington Mystics. They've you know had an incredible year. The, the run continues. Um, how excited are you right now for that? And how excited is, this, is the D.C. area for them? You know, it's it they're excited. It's exciting. You know, we'll we'll, we'll take we, we're we're rooting. We we need we need a winner. You know, the the D.C. area finally got one with the Capitals. Now now the Mystics have blown up onto the scene. And, and the Washington area is just yearning for that winner. You know, the Wizards haven't quite arrived. And uh, the Wizards haven't arrived. The Redskins obviously aren't there. And, you know, now it seems like a passing of the torch. Maybe, hopefully the Capitals, you know, this, they broke some curse, whatever, whatever was out there. And hopefully, you know, the Mystics just continue to, to, can you continue to march along and bring home a championship. Yeah, that would be awesome. I know. I'm definitely looking forward to the series. It's going to be really good. So, Alan, you have been great, man. I've really appreciated talking with you tonight uh, about the Wizards and getting kind of catch up and everything. So what we like to do when people give us their time to be a guest on our show, we like to give you some of your time to, once again, shout out your social media, your podcast, your website, whatever you want to like, let people know they can follow you on. The, the floor is yours, my man. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was it was good being here. Thanks for thanks for having me. I always enjoy talking basketball. On social media, you can find. Uh, I spend most of my time on Twitter. Although I, I did take a little bit of a hiatus this summer, which I'm not actually too mad about. But um, my handle is ajanks24 a j e n k s two four. Um, my podcast is the Bullets Basketball Podcast. Wherever you find podcasts, that's where it is. Um, and then my written work is on uh, SB Nation's Bullets Forever. So uh, be, sure to, be sure to check that out um, if, if you're interested in the Wizards. So I do have to ask you one other thing because it seems to be a common thing I see from my Wizards, my, my friends and people I know that had Wizards jerseys, whether growing up or current. Yep. Are you an owner of the Washington Bullets Michael Jordan throwback jersey? I am not. Okay, so you're like the I only one not. I know. Yeah, it's um, to be honest, and this and people kind of are taken aback by this. I'm not a huge jersey guy. Okay, that's I fine. I, I don't, um, you know, I did have a phase with t-shirt jerseys, sure. but um, I'm not. I'm not a huge jersey guy. So <clears throat> no, I, I don't own a, a, a Michael twenty three throwback for the Wizards. I always looked for a bullet Chris Weber. I always wanted one. Ah, uh, you could still probably, you could still probably find one. Yeah, I'm like sure I'm a, on eBay or whatever. I'm a huge Chris Webber fan, and like he's one of my favorite players ever. And I know it's weird to say that, but um, yeah, I always like I always like I because that Wizards that Bullets time with him and Juwan Howard was one of my favorite weird eras of the like of the Bullets Wizards franchise. So I always wanted that, like wanted that jersey. Yeah, it's check out eBay. I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I'm sure YouTube. it's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Alan. This has been great. We do appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. I I appreciate you having me. So this has been 48 Minutes, our Washington Wizards team preview. Like Alan said, be sure to give him a follow and follow all the work he does. He's outstanding at AJanks24. 
Uh, so on behalf of 48 Minutes, this is Tim Daniel. Be sure to check us out on 48MinutesNetwork.com and check out all of our podcasts and team previews at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iTunes, Alexa, and Spotify. So everyone, thank you so much and have a great rest of your night.